You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dan Feldman here. Welcome to Locked On Pistons. You can follow Locked On Pistons on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. The Pistons have won back-to-back games for the first time in a long time. Yes, they were one-point wins. No, they were not resounding successes. But for a team that was so much struggling to feel some confidence, to feel happy, the last night's win in Portland was so welcome. The Pistons went all of December without back-to-back wins. They went into the new year in January so far without back-to-back wins. But they beat the Hornets. They had to wait a day because the game was postponed. But finally, they beat the Trailblazers in Portland. A nice win for Detroit came in dramatic fashion in double overtime. A real nice pay-me game for Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who came up big in the second overtime, including hitting the game winner. Caldwell-Pope, of course, will be a restricted free agent next summer. And his agent, Rich Paul, he can just like point to this game and be like, you got to do it. You got to do it. This was not Caldwell-Pope's finest defensive game, uh, but he's established a nice base as a very good defender, probably the Pistons' best defender, even accounting for the fact that guards tend to make less of an impact defensively than big men. The Pistons need to get to the point where Andre Drummond is their best defender, but right now it's KCP, Uh, and this was a tough matchup for him, and this was not one where he excelled on that, and I don't think KCP's going to be pointing at this that end of the court from this game. C.J. McCollum was very good. Alan Crabb was very good. Damian Lillard was solid. I mean, not up to his usual standards, but for any player, he was solid. It was just a little too much for KCP. Portland's guards played very well, but KCP picked it up on the other end. Uh, He made most of his three-pointers, most of his shots, scored 26 points, including that really clutch game winner. When you have a player who can sort of blend in a little bit offensively a lot of the time, play solid defense, and then occasionally come up big like that, he's going to get paid. I think KCP's going to get max contract offers in free agency. You might not like that. You might not want to pay him that. But here's my challenge for anybody who doesn't think the Pistons are going to be good enough with KCP, that he's not good enough for them. What's your alternative? Seriously. Come up with your alternative. Tweet it at me if you want. Maybe if there's some good ideas, I'll share them. But the Pistons are going to be backed up against the cap, whether they sign him or not. There's not going to be much flexibility to get somebody else in here. You want to depend on Stanley Johnson at shooting guard? I think he's been playing out of position there. That's something that has contributed to his struggles. And the sooner the Pistons can get him out of that role, the better. You want to rely on Reggie Bullock, who will also be a free agent. You might even be surprised what he's going to end up getting paid. You want to make Darren Hilliard your starting shooting guard? Do you have some fantasy trade in mind? Is there some free agent you think is so far below the radar the Pistons can get in on him? KCP is young. He's going to be productive throughout his next contract. He will get paid. He should get paid. The Pistons should be the team to pay him. They can let the market play out and maybe match an offer sheet or do something like that. Uh, The risk is that he signs a shorter offer sheet with a sooner, quicker opt-out. You might not secure him as long-term. But you're going to end up paying him. That is the move the Pistons need to make. I think it will ultimately be the move the Pistons make. uh, With the exception of, uh, I suppose it's possible they could trade him before the deadline. But I think if you go past the trade deadline, that signals your intention to pay him. You have to follow through with it. And games like this are why. He's so valuable to this team. 
and he's valuable in this league. There just aren't that many wings who can do what he does, who are his age, who are going to shoot so proficiently from outside. His stroke is finally coming around. His stroke can long look good, and the results weren't quite there. The results are finally showing. His defense is still there. You got to pay him. You got to pay him. There's no way around it. And thank goodness the Pistons had him last night because they needed this win so badly. Like I said, it's not just that long time without without back-to-back wins. It's the psyche of this team. And I've said this over and over, and I'll say it again. The Pistons' problems are not as bad as the Pistons have been making them out to be. They've been living through this, and yeah, the defense has fallen in a troubling way, and that needs to get addressed. And it's not even as if the defense was good last night. I was pretty bad overall. Not amazingly terrible, but bad. You know, Portland's a good offensive team, and They hit some tough shots, but there were some breakdowns. The Pistons need to address those. They need to get better defensively. But most of all, this team just needed wins. And they needed wins for two reasons. One, because they're in the thick of this playoff race and in danger of falling too far back in the standings. And it's, you know, not just about how they're playing. When they pick the eight teams for the playoffs at the end of the year, it's the eight teams with the most wins, not the eight teams that played the best overall during the season or even are playing the best at the end of the year. And two, they need wins to feel better. Do you see how happy that team looked after the game? It's, it's tough to put a measure on it, but that is something meaningful. On that last possession, the last Portland possession, the Pistons stuck in Boban Marjanovic, and they asked him to defend the inbounder with his seven-foot-three frame and gigantic wingspan. And he's up there, and he, he started to do something that I think is, is the right move in general, not for the specific situation, because there were 0.2 seconds left, and he put his hand down to sort of contest a pass to the corner. Because you want to you protect the corner. You don't want to give up a corner three in most situations. But with 0.2 seconds left, the Trailblazers could only tip in a pass. They could not catch and shoot. Uh, you might have remembered another time the Pistons had a, had a one- or two-point lead late in this situation where there were, were, were less than fewer than three-tenths of a second left. And the other team could only tip it in. Uh, you might have remembered Stan Van Gundy's advice to his team, uh, form a bleeping wall. That was the situation again. So Boban comes in. He's, he's got his hand down a little bit. And the bench is like, they're all smiles. They're all going crazy. And they're telling him to lift his hand straight up and jump up and down and, and contest in that. You know, I mean, who knows? Maybe without that, the Trailblazers get a miracle finish. CJ McCollum had already hit a couple shots to, to get the game that far. But he was up there, and he was all smiles afterward. He, he helped impact where the inbound pass went. Portland didn't score. And just big smiles all around. Boban, his, his energy, his laughter, it was contagious. And it was because of the win. Everybody felt great. And that was a meaningful thing for where this team has been. You know, it helps, too. Reggie Jackson's playing better. That's got everybody feeling good. He had 31 points. Andre Drummond was a beast. 28 points, 14 rebounds, 4 steals, 2 blocks. We're getting back to the point where everything can go through those two. Reggie Jackson is healthy enough, where he's getting that burst off the dribble and able to attack the rim and get inside on the pick and roll and find Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond's feeling energized. Everybody feels happy with where they are, and it's getting the Pistons back toward where they were last year. However, however, that lineup that they used at the end of last year that they planned on using this year that wasn't good, that, that Stan Van Gundy went away from, that Reggie Jackson, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Marcus Morris, Tobias Harris, Andre Drummond lineup still hasn't been that good. 
thought maybe moving John Lure into the starting lineup, a larger sample, could get that back on track, even since Lure has been starting. That lineup, eh, not very good, and now the Pistons might have to go back to that because John Lure left the game. He got hurt. The, uh, the initial results are not in yet, or maybe the initial results are in, but not much more than that. Doesn't sound super serious, uh, but the Pistons, it sounds like, still want to get an MRI, still want to get more info. Uh, I don't expect John Lure to play against the Kings tomorrow, but that's just my hunch. I would not be surprised at all if he does. Just my hunch. And we'll see how long it is, but for the Pistons to have to remove him from the starting lineup and go back to this lineup that hasn't worked like it has last year, that they haven't really recreated this, it's a little worrisome. Maybe everything will get back on track. Uh, Maybe this will just, right with Reggie Jackson getting healthier and more effective, this will flow upward right with that. But it's another variable into the mix that, you know, it's probably not the most welcome thing, Uh, especially because Tobias Harris has been playing so well off the bench. That's really worked for him. It's worked for the team. So to change it up now is, is not the ideal timing. The good news, though, is it seems like Reggie Bullock is close to returning. So the Pistons could bring him back into the rotation. When he got hurt, he was playing the best basketball of anybody in the the backup shooting guard mix uh, between him, Stanley Johnson, and Darren Hilliard. I don't expect him to be back to that level right away. I'm not even sure it would be the right move to put him back in the rotation as soon as he's able to play. That's something the Pistons will have to judge based on how he's producing behind closed doors and get a sense of that. It's going to be part of it. Uh, It's not as desperate as it was. Stanley Johnson has come around a little bit. He was all right against against Portland. And so it's not as desperate, but maybe it becomes a little more desperate if Lure is out because you could bring in Reggie Bullock at at backup shooting guard and slide Stanley Johnson to getting more minutes at at forward because Tobias Harris would likely, I would think, go back into the starting lineup for John Lure if Lure misses time. Uh, So that's the next challenge. But as the Pistons face all of these, the more wins they can get in the interim, the better. For most teams, for a lot of teams, the important thing is playing better because that takes care of itself in the long term, getting those wins. You play better, you win more in the long term, and it, it all sorts itself out. This Pistons team needs wins. It needs wins for the standings because it is an incredibly tight race just to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. And it need win, needs wins for its psyche because when this team was losing, even though it was playing moderately well, it was getting down. And as long as it's getting wins, then it can address some of the, the bigger problems. The defense remains an issue. It was not great against Portland. There were some communication breakdowns, some, some coverage breakdowns, something to take care of, something to clean up before they play the Kings tomorrow. We'll look more ahead to that game tomorrow. You can follow Locked on Pistons on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Thanks for listening.